Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, December 19th, Christmas week. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so it is a holiday week, so I know a lot of y'all aren't super interested in keeping up with a lot of sports as you are barely working this week, hopefully, if not finishing your Christmas shopping in your meantime. So we're going to make this short and sweet. Starting with NCAA basketball, it is week six. There were no upsets of the top 25 until Wednesday, and even then it was mostly ranked versus ranked showdowns where one ranked team had to lose because... Bain doesn't come into the middle of the football field and make both teams lose and just fall into an endless pit. So number 16, UCLA came in hot against number 20, Maryland, scoring 49 points in the first half. They ended up winning that game big time. Number two, UVA lost their first game to number five, Houston, by eight. Number 15, Gonzaga had a high scoring second half to beat number four, Alabama, 100 to 90. In another great ranked versus ranked game, number six, Tennessee lost by five at the end to a number nine Arizona team. Number eight, Kansas put the beat down on number 14, Indiana, beating them by 22 points. Number 16, UCLA and number 13, Kentucky had a showdown in Madison Square Garden. The Bruins won by 10. The next game in the Garden was a actual top 25 upset as number 23, Ohio State, lost to unranked UNC. That game did go into overtime, but the Tar Heels got the W. And then the only other Upset of the week was number 19, Auburn lost to USC in a close one on Sunday to close out the week. Going on to NBA basketball, Lakers center Anthony Davis will miss several weeks. It's estimated up to a month now due to a foot injury. He he injured his foot during Saturday's game against the Nuggets. Lakers fans are used to Anthony Davis missing a couple of games as he has missed more than half of his games in the last two seasons with the LA team. Grizzlies John Morant was ejected before halftime on Saturday in the game against the Thunder. It also took the toll as the Grizzlies lost to the Oklahoma City team who are near the bottom of the barrel, if not the bottom of the league. Morant was ejected after his second technical foul. His two technicals came in very quick succession. The first being for a foul that was used to stop the play and then whining about a no call using profanity. The second was given to him by questioning the authority of an official hot button topic, apparently. Speaking of bad behavior, Celtics Hortford was fined $25,000 for elbowing Magic's center Moritz Wagner. He was given a fragrant foul and ejected in the third quarter. The Celtics then lost to Orlando in that game, a huge upset for the top team in the league. The Magic also beat the Boston team on Sunday as well. So that doubleheader, they took two losses and the Magic is the first team to beat the Celtics twice in this season. Moving along to NCAA football, we have officially started 
bowl games. So this was a recap of bowl game week one, and there's only one loss in the top 25. Again, it was a ranked versus ranked matchup, so a top 25 team had to lose. Number 25, UTSA lost to number 24, Troy, in the Duluth Trading Bowl. This was actually a matchup of two different conference championships. So that was kind of nice getting to start off bowl games hot. Number 14, Oregon State destroyed the Florida Gators in the Las Vegas Bowl. In fact, Florida has the longest active streak of scoring a point or more in, no joke, 436 games, which goes back to October of 1988. Not to date myself, but that is actually before even I was born. And that was almost snapped this weekend until the final five minutes of the game when the Gators kicked a late field goal. So that streak stays alive. Rice, also the only team to make it to a bowl game that did not have a at least tied record. They made it a fun game to watch the Lending Tree Bowl against Southern Miss, but it wasn't enough to stop Frank Gore Jr. Yes, that is the son of NFL legend Frank Gore. Frank Gore Jr. had a record-setting day with the most rushing yards in an FBS bowl game ever. The Frisco Bowl, also between UNT and Boise State, had a crazy high-scoring third quarter with 36 points scored in that quarter alone. The Broncos came out on top of that game, 35-32. to That is not all the games that were competed this weekend, um, but that was where some of the, like, highlights. Also, some news in the head coaching carousel. Purdue has now named its new head coach, and it is Illinois' defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. Oh, yeah, and Drew Brees has officially signed on to help as an assistant coach. So it sounds like the Boilermakers are going to be in great hands. Navy also promoted their own defensive coordinator, Brian Newberry, to take their new head coaching job. This was after they fired their winningest coach ever. So a little bit suspicious as to why they would just promote somebody from within. Um, Just leaves a little bit of questions there. This is not the only carousel that's going on this week. National Signing Day is on Thursday. That is where athletes sign their letter of intent. As in, that is where you're going to go to school and you get scholarships. So I actually did not sign my letter of intent on National Signing Day. I wasn't good enough (laughs) at the time. Um, I peaked way late in my high school career, so didn't get to sign on Signing Day. But it is a big day for especially football. So get ready to hear a bunch of transfer portal news before the actual high school recruits get signed on this day. So Thursday, watch out for that. You may want to turn off your husband's ESPN alerts because they will be a lot of them. So just to highlight a few Jackson state quarterback Hunter, who was previous number one recruit from high school before he committed to Jackson state under coach prime is now in the portal. That is not a surprise. We expected him to follow Deion Sanders to Colorado. So no final word on where he is actually committed yet, but it is expected that he will move. Also, quarterback prospect Moore has decommitted from Oregon to UCLA, which is a little odd because UCLA already signed a transfer quarterback, so that'll be interesting. There's a couple others that I highlight on the blog, but another point that you guys should know is Texas A&M had 16 people declare in the first two days for the transfer portal. Arkansas had 15, and Oklahoma State and Oregon were in third at 13. So those are the top power five schools that had the most transfer 
uh, transfers say that they were going to transfer out of their school within the first two days. Someone who is not transferring is UNC's quarterback, Drake May. He will be staying where he is. That is super important because he is already a top NFL prospect. And so that definitely would have started a bidding war, especially with schools like Clemson that maybe needed a strong quarterback coming in. They do have Clay Kubnick, but you know, Drake May is already a proven talent on the field. So that is just super important to note. Moving along to the NFL for week 15, we had a lot of close games. There was nine, including some upsets and even some overtimes. So 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is on a roll, winning for the second week in a row. This time it was to the Seahawks. The Colts were up by 33 points and holding the Vikings scoreless at half. Then the Minnesota team scored 36 points to take the game into overtime. The Vikes then scored a game-winning field goal. That is a huge comeback win and sealed the NFC North Championship for the Vikings. This is actually the largest comeback in NFL history. The Ravens scored only three entire points during the entire game and thus gave up a loss to the Browns. The Bills sealed their playoff spot with a field goal as time expired to beat the Dolphins. The Chiefs won their seventh AFC West championship, but it wasn't without their challenges. Despite the game being against the one-win Texans, the Houston team took them to overtime, but Mahomes got it done. Also, with the help of tight end Travis Kelsey, who has become the second all-time in games with three or more receptions. The Eagles started out slow with two interceptions in the first half before finally putting away the 3-10 and ten Bears by five points. The Saints and the Falcons were evenly matched, and the game reflected how close they are in rankings or in, um, in record as being close till the end of the game. The Saints ended up winning by three. Who dat? The Lions are now on a roll, winning six of their last seven games. This week was no exception. The Cowboys could have sealed their playoff berth with a win this weekend and looked to have it in the bag. They were winning by 17 points in the third, but the Jaguars came back in the fourth quarter to take the game to overtime. Then Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott threw a pick six in overtime to give the W away. The Pats also got greedy in the final play of their game. They were tied and they threw a lateral that then got intercepted and the Raiders ran it all the way back for a game winning touchdown. The Chargers beat the Titans by three and the Bengals scored 31 points in the second half to come with to get the comeback win against Tom Brady and the Bucks. So it was a super exciting week. Again, we are kind of coming to a close of the NFL regular season. So be on aware that this is going to be some high stakes games going into the next weeks or so in the golf world. This weekend was the PNC championship and all the headlines were on Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie, that were competing. However, Charlie and Tiger actually finished tied eighth. And after 16 attempts at this tournament, Vijay Singh and his son, Kaz, finally got their win. Their first PNC was actually when his son was 13 years old. This time they shot two 59s, one in each of the rounds, and that is a first for the PNC. The Singh couple won with a score of 26 under par, two shots ahead of defending champs John Daly and his son and Justin Thomas and his dad. 
Also, a little bit of hockey news. I don't usually cover this, but it was a huge headline this week. On Tuesday, Capital star Alex Overchkin scored his 800th goal and a hat trick against the Blackhawks. This puts him as third on the all-time NHL goals list, only behind the great one, Wayne Gretzky with 894 and Gordy Howie with 801. So we're getting real close and we will be on second all-time watch here shortly. A little bit of Olympic news. Michaela Schifrin got World Cup win number 77 in the Super G this past weekend. This puts her just five races short of the women's record set by fellow American Lindsay Vaughn. This is her 124th podium and fourth of the season. It was also a story of success at the top with Olympic champ and reigning World Cup champion Marco Odermatt, who won the giant slalom for his, one, his 15th World Cup title. Speaking of World Cups, we have to cover World Cup soccer. The semifinals were at the beginning of this week, and they were not as exciting as some of the games have been, um, to say the least. Argentina dominated the last World Cup runner-ups, Croatia. They won 3-0. to zero. Messi scored off a penalty to get things started in the 34th minute. Five minutes later, Alvarez scored again for Argentina. Alvarez also got another in the second half. Croatia was scoreless. Reigning World Cup champs France ended Morocco's Cinderella story, and France scored in the first five minutes of the game. Didn't even see it because I hadn't turned the game on yet, and then scored another in the second half to win 2-0. to That being said, with as not exciting as the semifinal was, the final is being called the best final in World Cup history. So again, Messi scored off a penalty kick in the 23rd minute to get things started for Argentina. They were, again, were playing France. Then Dia Maria scored 13 minutes later to give Argentina a 2-0 lead going into half. So France needed two goals to stay alive. Remember, this is soccer. This is not a high-scoring sport. But France star Mbappe delivered. Argentina got a little complacent and a little cute, letting France have a penalty kick in the 80th minute, which Mbappe capitalized on. He then ran the ball back to the half line and they kicked off again. He then scored literally within the next minute. So we are tied in the 81st going into the 82nd minute of this game. The final five minutes of play plus nine minutes of stoppage time was crazy with multiple yellow cards, shots on goal, saves. It was nuts. So it looked like we might end in regulation. However, it ended tied two to two. So we headed to extra time. Messi then, Argentina, and Messi started off strong again. Messi scored in the 108th minute, and yet again, France needed a comeback. And again, Mbappe listened and scored with just two minutes left in extra time. So this is only the third time ever in a World Cup final that we headed to a PK shootout, penalty kick shootout, for those of you who don't know what PK is. This greatly favored Argentina, who had already won a game in PKs, and France had not needed it so far and had actually lost the last PK shootout that they had been in, which was in the Euro Cup. Both teams started with their stars, and both Messi and Mbappe scored for their respective countries in PKs. 
but then France missed their next two while Argentina was perfect four for four. France did make their fourth PK, but it just wasn't enough. Argentina wins the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Also, just so that everybody knows, Croatia ended up beating Morocco 2-1 to one in the third place match. So in order, it is Argentina, World Cup champs, then France as runner-ups, Croatia in third, and Morocco in fourth. Tomorrow, a.k.a. Tuesday, is a national holiday in Argentina in honor of the World Cup celebration. This was a super fitting way to end Messi's Argentinian national team career. He has said that this will be his last World Cup, so it is nice to get to see him actually add World Cup champ to his resume. Messi won the Ballon d'Or, which is the golden ball. Martinez, also from Argentina, their goalie, won the golden glove. And Francis Mbappe won the golden boot. Ultimately, Argentina wins, but we really all won as this World Cup was one of the most entertaining we've seen in quite some time. It holds the record for the most games to go into PKs ever in World Cup history with So we will see you next time in 2026. That World Cup will be held in North America. So a combination of Canada, the United States and Mexico for the FIFA Men's World Cup. But don't worry, the Women's World Cup is less than a year away in July of 2023. That wraps it up for what happened over this last week. Now let's go on to what to watch this upcoming week. So we do have NBA basketball. They are always in action over Christmas and this time is no different. Starting Tuesday, the Warriors at the Knicks at 630 on TNT, followed by the Grizzlies at the Nuggets at 9. Then the next televised game will be Friday, the Grizzlies at the Suns at 9 on ESPN. And then on Christmas Day, we will have a ton of basketball to watch on ABC and ESPN. Those are the channels for all of these, starting with the 76ers at the Knicks at 11 a.m. The Lakers then play the Mavs at 1.30. The Bucks play at the Celtics at 4. And the Grizzlies at the Warriors at 7. And the Suns play the Nuggets at 9.30. As for NCAA basketball, there's a little less going on this week. Only one ranked versus ranked matchup. That will be on Tuesday, number two UVA at number 25 Miami. That is at 7.30 p.m. on ACC Network. I will say Friday and then Sunday. So the day before Christmas Eve and Christmas, we will have the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii. That's between Iona, SMU, Seattle, Utah State, George Washington, Washington State, Pepperdine, and Hawaii. So those games are all TBD right now, but not a ton of ranked ranked opponents in that expected either. For college football, we start today with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which is Marshall versus UConn, who actually made a bowl game for the first time in a long time. That is at 1.30 on ESPN. Then the Idaho Bowl and the Roof Claim Boca Raton Bowl will be Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State and then Liberty versus Toledo. That will be Tuesday at 2.30 and then 6.30. And actually, if Liberty wins, they will be the only team to be bowl eligible and win all of their bowl games in their first four years of eligibility. The only other team to do that is App State. So they need to win this bowl game to make that record stand. Then on Wednesday, catch the New Orleans Bowl between Western Kentucky and South Alabama. That will be at 8 p.m. on ESPN. 
Thursday, catch some Power 5 teams or a Power 5 team in the Lockheed Martin Arms Forces Bowl. Baylor will play Air Force on Thursday at 6.30. All of these are on a, on ESPN. Then the Independence Bowl between Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns and Houston. That will be Friday at 2 p.m., followed by Wake Forest at Mizzou in the Gasparilla Bowl at 5.30. And to round out Christmas week, only one game is the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. on ESPN, Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State. I will be coming back to cover next week on Monday. So those are all the games you need to know about for the upcoming week. In the NFL, we have a number of games that are spread out as kind of the mainstream games are on Saturday. So tonight, Monday Night Football, the Rams at the Packers. That will be Baker Mayfield versus Aaron Rodgers at 7.15 on ESPN. Thursday night football will be the Jaguars at the Jets at 7.15 on Prime. Then Christmas Eve, catch eight games. This is Saturday at noon on Fox or CBS. The CBS games are the Bills at the Bears, the Saints at the Browns, the Texans at the Titans, and the Bengals at the Patriots. The Fox games are the Seahawks at the Chiefs, the Giants at the Vikings, the Lions at the Panthers, and the Falcons at the Ravens. Then the Commanders will play at the 49ers at 3.05 p.m. on CBS. On Fox at 3.25, you can catch the Eagles at the Cowboys. Those two teams hate each other, and they are both at the top of their divisions. So that will be a great game. However, as of right now, quarterback for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, is questionable with a shoulder injury. Sunday night or Saturday night football actually will be the Raiders at the Steelers at 715. That will only be on NFL Network. Then Sunday, we only have three games. So uh, this is on Christmas. The Packers will play at the Dolphins. So a short turnaround week for the Packers at noon on Fox. Then the Broncos at the Rams, again, short turnaround for them as well, at 3.30 p.m. on CBS. And the Giants at the Commanders at 7.20 on NBC, just like any other Sunday. And then on Boxing Day, a.k.a. the day after Christmas, you can get the Chargers at the Colts at 7.15 p.m. on ESPN. We only have a couple of hockey games this week, actually only two. The Devils at the Panthers at 6 p.m. on TNT will be Wednesday, followed by the Oilers at the Stars at 8.30. And then literally wrapping up the entire week is the only Olympic sports on this week are on Saturday, Pickleball. You can catch that at 3 p.m. on NBC, followed by Skiing World Cup titles at 4, also on NBC. That wraps it up for me this week. Obviously not a ton of sports going on due to the Hanukkah and Christmas holiday this week. Hopefully you get to spend some time with your family. And if you men in your life, like your dad or your husband, want to know the bowl game schedule, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. It is color-coded for the teams. And I'll catch you all next week for the weekly update. Merry Christmas, y'all.